T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. Free Odyssey. It's WTIC. It's a Monday. Joining us for this hour is Michael Harrison from Talkers Magazine. Usually we do Wednesdays. We're throwing a little curveball with starting the week off with a little Michael Harrison action. Hello, Michael. Be with you, and uh, I'm so excited. We're going to have some winter weather. You're yeah. excited by that? Yeah, really. Oh. You know, hey, we do a lot of shoveling here in talk radio. Now we're going to shovel snow. I like shoveling the other stuff better, I guess. <laughs> I think so, too. It's uh, <laughs> It feels more normal. Uh, you know, it, it looked like we were going to get out of this winter pretty easily, didn't it? And, and we have so far. You know, yeah. we did get some snow. It wasn't. It didn't happen in the right order. It's better to get the little snow earlier and then say, oh, we got some snow, but it wasn't bad. And then suddenly have warm weather. And you say, wow, this is great. But... To have the warm weather first, then get the snow, uh, kind of puts a damper. It does. And there's such a psychological difference between those early winter snows, like in November or early December, when it's pristine and clean and you're thinking about the holidays, and now snow at this time of year. Isn't it amazing? It's, it, it really is. Um, it's psychological. It's a head trip. Everything is psychological, isn't it? Well, to, to a great degree, yeah. You know, it, it it's all the angles, it's all the shading, it's all the, uh, whether there's sunlight or there's dark. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. did you have trouble, um, did you have trouble getting up this morning? Did you, um, did you get a good night's sleep? I mean, it's, it's Monday yep. of uh, daylight saving time. I had the experience this morning of uh, doing an emergency fill-in at another radio station in another city. Mm-hmm. A morning show, six. You mean o'clock. like they called you in the middle of the night and said, "Get up." They called me over the weekend. Oh, okay. And um, <laughs> it's Oscar night. You want to you want to stay up and watch the Oscars? Although, frankly, I haven't watched the Oscars in years, and I don't think I would have anyway. But this gave me an excuse. And you're getting up to do a six o'clock morning show, or perhaps there are people listening to this who had to get up to do whatever it is they do early, mm-hmm. and you feel it. You really do. Um, yeah, I it, think it takes a, a while to adjust. It's a very strange thing. I was I was monitoring it yesterday because I I realized I'd gotten up at the normal time I get up. It just said something different on the clock. But I woke up when I woke up. There wasn't it wasn't about alarms or anything because it was Sunday morning. But somehow it still knocks you off kilter a little bit, even though you sleep 
to the normal time. And then last night I went to sleep when I was ready to go to sleep, which was the same time I normally do. But somehow it all felt tired and groggy and disorienting. Mm -hmm. And every year, twice a year, we go through the uh, people complaining. and um, So you don't like going through the change? Excuse me? You don't like going through the change? I don't care for it, no. Um, I do think, though, if I had one or the other, I would prefer to have uh, daylight saving time all year round. As a matter of fact, there's a piece of legislation that's tied up in the House. Mm. It passed the Senate called the Sunshine Savings Act. I love that. And um, I I think that it, it works better. But the problem with daylight saving time is that it's dark in the morning. Yeah, like and um, there are kids that go to school in the morning yeah, and let them waiting go for later. the bus and all that. So, so that was the issue. It has nothing to do with farmers. I, th- I think it was Ben Franklin that first came up with the whole the whole idea because he wanted to um, be able to illuminate his house. He hadn't invented electricity yet, so houses were dark unless there was daylight, and uh, it was cheaper by whatever means they illuminated houses in those days. Mm-hmm. It was cheaper to, um, you know, use the sun. Instead than, of oil or, or yeah. candles or something. You know, you ever, you ever find it funny, you know, speaking of, you know, the Oscars, that in movies and TV shows, whenever they depict pre-20th century situations and they're indoors at night, how bright it is in the rooms, as if they had lighting and they don't, in, the rea- in reality... Um, before the uh, electric bulb and electricity became part of our lives, it was a very dark world, very dank. There were That's no dry cleaners. That's why people went to bed, I think. Excuse me? That's why people went to bed, I think. There was no way to see much of anything. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, there's no watching TV or listening to podcasts or streaming. You know, maybe you had a little taffy pull or you sat around and, you know, wove a few yarns. That's why they had so much sex back in those days. They woke they, up in the middle of the night and had sex because there was nothing else you could see. There was nothing else you could do, and it kept you warm. Mm, that too. Everything was cold. You know, we're really lucky to live in this modern era. In some ways, yes. Yeah. Although people don't seem happier. That is a fabulous question. Do you think people are happier today than they were 100 years ago? Is there any way to measure that? Is it apples and oranges on such a level that you can't even think about it? I think the measurement is the films that are nominated for Best Picture. That's interesting. What do you mean? Well, there's that that thing that won everything last night is such a miserable movie. You actually saw it? I saw the first hour, and and that was was all we could take. Are you serious? Yeah. You went to see, what is it, everything happening at well, one we time? Well, we went to the couch in the living room to see it, yes. Oh, you, <laughs> you see, we don't have, everything is upside down. <laughs> you know, how would you like to be in the movie theater business right now? Okay, so you went to the couch in the living room, and you watched a movie that um, was nominated for, like, seven awards and won a bunch and and is considered to be... Uh, from what I understand, because I, ha- I haven't seen any of the movies, uh-huh. not one. And, um, you know, I shouldn't be so proud about that. I'm, I'm not necessarily no, proud of fine. it, but I'm being honest. No, these and, and, and the and reasons weird. I haven't seen them is interesting sociologically. But you, you, you watched this movie that went on to win Best Picture of the Year, mm-hmm. and, and you couldn't take it after an hour. Was it because it was depressing or because no. it was boring or, no. or bad? 
it was none of the things that normally make you complain about a movie. It was chaotic, without plot, without story, without um, a character who you related to, you know, through whom you could experience his life or her life. There was nobody, there was no emotional connection. It was just noise. It was like if, if you just turned on a war movie and they fought for an hour. Fascinating. Do you, th- do you think that perhaps your response to it is generational? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. because our grandson thought it was the best movie ever made. And he's 17, and he was telling us how it was going to win Best Picture. He's been telling us for like two months, it's gonna, this is the best picture of the year. It's so, so obvious to everybody as soon as they see it. And, and it was utterly um, horrible because it didn't do the things that, that stories do to make themselves compelling. It didn't have a compelling character. It didn't have an, a narrative that won you over. It didn't draw you through the conflict of the protagonist and, and make you go on the roller coaster ride of, of the battles that, that a person goes through that normally happen in life and in movies. And it didn't, well, I, I don't, we only watched the first hour because it was such utter chaos and we kept waiting for it to do something different. But it was, um, you know, it was, it was multiverse. So people transferring from one reality to another, the same people, but same bodies in front of you, but different personalities. And, and they were at the IRS for most of it and at war with the people at the IRS. And you didn't know why they were having this war with it, you know, and people being, being blown through hallways. It was totally weird and incomprehensible. Because it won the award, are you um, curious to see the rest of it, just just to have a, a total handle on this thing? Well, I asked a barista at the coffee shop this morning, uh, because he was in the demo that I thought would find this kind of um, horrific garbage compelling. And I, I was curious if there was some sociological thing, you know, like what are 25-year-olds experiencing that would make something as, as hard to deal with as this? compelling for them and and he mentioned something about it's hard for young people today because they have so much anxiety and and um, problems coping with life and maybe you know that was his idea that that of why older people couldn't relate to this movie but he didn't he didn't really tie that up for me because uh, you know some other customers came in but well it it's very difficult idea. to tie that up and anyway you know going to your local um, barista for um, sociological insight well, he's a very bright guy, and he makes an amazing cappuccino, Michael. Okay, well, that certainly uh, tilts the scale in his favor. But I think it has to do with the way our brains are being rewired in this modern era. Oh, hold uh, that thought. Let us take a break, and, and I want to hear more about rewiring our brains. Michael Harrison is here, Talkers Magazine. Go to talkers.com and see what he does with his life. And we'll continue coming up on WTIC. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yep, storm coming, little snow. I'm going to pretend it's June, though, and it's not going to do any damage. We're talking with Michael Harrison this hour, Talkers Magazine, and we're, uh, we're bouncing around this thing about how bizarre and tough to watch that movie was that won everything last night. And 
And uh, you had some good thoughts, so continue, please, Michael. Well, you were saying that I didn't see the movie, but I've heard about it. And I, I understand it has an independent distributor. It comes from a company called A24 or A24 that um, sort of represents this new style of Hollywood, this new style of um, of movies and, and video where everything is fast, everything is short, everything is chaotic, mm-hmm. and it just keeps on uh, rocking. And uh, I was saying it's probably part of the uh, the thing you and I have talked about, how the modern communications revolution that's happening, the, the rapid evolution that is sort of a revolution, is kind of rewiring our brains. And uh, younger people, uh, people who are natives of the 21st century as opposed to immigrants like us, um, they they see things at a different pace. They, they have a different rhythm to um, their neurological wiring. And a thing like this, as you mentioned, the, uh, the young uh, barista who was telling you what a, what a wonderful movie it is, um, they see it differently. And I, I remember when I was a kid, a lot of the old folks said, how do you like that noise, you know, rock and roll? How do you like that? How can you listen to that noise? Or, or how can you watch that trash? And um, a lot of those things that were noise and trash have gone on now to be considered classics of art. Um, so if there's anything I've learned over the years, it's that um, nothing's written in stone as being the height of culture. A lot of it has to do with where you're coming from, how old you are, where you grew yep. up, and what you're used to. I remember my great uncle when I was running my college radio station at Tufts, and he was living you know, he he was in Boston on on uh, Com Ave in one of those apartment buildings that put him within, you know, a good shot of the of the the very weak radio station at Tufts. Our our five uh, no, I forget what it was, a hundred watts at first, mm-hmm. and and he could get it and he listened because he knew I was there and he said, I don't understand. You're not playing classical music. Why aren't you playing classical music? And I said, Well, every FM station is playing classical music. And that he goes just, back. But, but, you know, along the lines of what you're saying, he was, he was baffled by Yeah, and, by and they used to call the music that, when I was breaking into radio, and I wanted nothing more than to play Led Zeppelin and, you know, Yes and uh, the Doobie Brothers, um, the FM stations mm-hmm. that didn't have big audiences in those days had a format called, listen to this, beautiful music. Yes. And do you remember? Do you remember the category "beautiful music"? That was elevator music, right? It was elevator. It was the most yeah. boring music ever made. Oh, wait a sec! I worked at one of those in the 1980s. When uh, I remember, I used to get excited when Michael Jackson uh, "Elevator Cover" came on. Dude, <laughs> that's dude, right. We we craved dude, when we worked at stations like that. We craved what the boss used to call chicken rock. <laughs> you know, Percy Faith and his orchestra do the the music of the Beatles. That would be oh, chicken rock. And uh, so, you know, you've been around the block a few times. You start to step back and say, what is inherently hip? What is inherently good? And you realize that what's hip and what's good for the most part is very subjective and extremely cyclical. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, but the Oscars this year seem to be a little bit more like the Oscars of old in terms of its coverage, in terms of what I've read and seen uh, of the ceremony. I find most of these ceremonies have are so dated, and uh, 
because of the fact that movie theaters have lost their cachet as part of not only the commerce and the, 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 the structure of towns and, and, and just way of life, but they're, they're iconic places, part of our entire social lives. Um, movie, going to the movies was a ritual that you did. It was sort of like playing miniature golf or going bowling. It was, you know. Yeah, not only that, it was great. And I don't feel the fun in it anymore. Well, the, the, the pandemic certainly put a nail in the coffin yes, of but the it, institution known the as the movie now. house. We're past the pandemic, and I I feel like I should want to go, but Rosalie will always say, let's go to the movies. And I say, oh, I don't know, you have to find a film. and it, you know, But also, you know are... that movie's going to be on television, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Television is an archaic concept, but yes. on, on, the, on the screen in your house, yes. it'll in be the there before you even get to the theater. Yeah. Only in theaters for two days, and then it's available streaming yeah i don't know how they survive that business model the only thing that 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 it seems they can pack the theaters with is with uh, one of the um you know one of the the comic book movies yes but you know what they're doing now is is they are now selling movie tickets to theaters the way hotels sell rooms and airlines sell seats the, the, it depends on where in the theater you sit you can pick your seat, something mm-hmm. you really couldn't do back in the in the days that... Um, yeah, you go online and look at the picture of the movie theater. Right, like like a ticket for a ball game or, or something of that nature. And if you're sitting in the middle, it costs more than if you're sitting on the side. If you're sitting all the way in the front row, it costs less than it does uh, a little bit further back. Well, should be fr- they should pay you to sit in those front seats. I don't ever know why they even put seats there. Uh, in, in in movie theaters, did you ever get stuck sitting in the front row of a movie theater? Because yeah, it's hard. It, I mean, it's, it's better now, I guess, because the movie seats go back, so you might have a shot at being able to see it without having a mm-hmm. stiff neck afterwards. But uh, I don't really understand them, except that when the movie's big enough and they're sold out, people will sit anywhere to be in the room. I guess. I guess. I I'm not sure about anything having to do with that anymore. I I I really don't. Um, I, without saying anything disparaging about people in the movie house business, I wish them well. But I don't see how going to the movies is going to be a part of the, uh, the new century, the 21st century, that we're now a quarter of the way into. I, I, I don't see it lasting. Yeah, it's a very uh, interesting dynamic and a sad one, I think. Michael Harrison is here. Talkers Magazine, Talkers.com. We're going to pause for news and continue our conversation coming up on WTIC. Some things are just made for each other. Left and right, day and night, PB&J. We're adding one more pair to the list. Aer Lingus and Bradley International Airport. Non-stop flights to Dublin are back, so you can fly in comfort from Hartford to our European hub. Go coast to coast and discover the sights of Ireland or explore any of the 28 European cities we fly to from Dublin, including London, Paris and Rome. Visit Aerolingus.com to book today. Brian Shackman here for Certo Pro Painters. My wife and I are really excited. We got the estimate for our kitchen and they gave us so many different details of what to think about, what could save us money, what needed work, and it was free. And you want to schedule your free estimate at CertoPro.com. That's Certo with a C. They are two things. They're honest and they're local. They're honest because what they give you in the estimate, it's what it's going to cost you. And they're local because each Certo Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. And so why not give it a shot? Because they're versatile. They can do inside, they can do exterior, they can do home, they can do business. Again, schedule your free estimate today at CertoPro.com. 
And now, a WTIC News Update. It's 3 live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wait, come on. Oh, come on, why wait? You can rant right now at 860-751-4698 on the Todd Feinberg Show. Luxury I guess we're here. I guess we are back. Michael Harrison with us this hour on WTIC. Michael is from Talkers Magazine, the trade journal of the talk media industry. And as a result, he's up on everything going on in the world and and all the stories that talk radio and talk TV are focused on. And one of them, of course, right now is the the, the banking system is all of a sudden in trouble again, and it seems to have come out of nowhere, Michael, as these things are inclined to do. Isn't it scary how that happens, how it comes out of nowhere? And um, what's always increasingly scary, and I do not want to in any way spread panic, because panic is, is one of the problems that we have to fear, is fear itself. But when the president of the United States addresses the nation and says, don't worry, there's nothing wrong with our banking system, yeah. it, um it gives me a chill. Yes, you don't think spine. that that's the case when he says that, do you? Am I right? Did, didn't you get that feeling? I was like, oh, this is no good. No, I, well, I get the feeling that whatever they're saying not to worry about, that's what you should be concerned about. They're, exactly. They're trying to calm you over the thing that they want you calm about so that it doesn't exacerbate the situation, which means the situation isn't good. And, and it also, you know, if you follow things and you follow history and you follow the news and you, and you, you keep an open mind, you don't talk yourself into things, um, it reminds you, it reminds one of how fragile our systems and our society really is, how fragile civility is, how fragile the financial situation is, how fragile the dollar is. So much of it is based upon faith and um, expectations and confidence and when uh, you lose faith and and you lose confidence things can really fall apart quickly and um so i you know i i've been i've been studying this real carefully as much as i can and of course Mm -hmm. you get different points of view and you get conflicting opinions but anytime you hear the term of a bank run and uh, banks going out of business 
um, it's it's something to to be concerned about because you know we really are all in this together no matter how much money you got no matter what your assets are it's all dependent upon the bigger the bigger um, environment um, yeah but the um, as I hear these stories my perspective has changed because I've I've uh, stepped outside of the uh, the binary the political binary the left right thing that that um, everybody is is trapped in so that I could have a look from a different perspective and it, it all looks very different when you're not in the Yankee suck syndrome as I like to call it the rooting for a team because if you're if you're part of that binary then anything that that makes the Democrats look worse is you cheer as a Republican and vice versa and that makes you not look at what the real problems are and and what I see now is uh, looking at any problem but this one I think telegraphs it really clearly that these are systems developed by the government in order to keep us safe from market volatility. And I can't help thinking that we're worse off because the government has intervened to make us safe from market volatility. We're worse off when market volatility inevitably comes because we're not prepared for it, because we trust the government to make everything great. The government can't do that. And then when bad things happen like right now it says we are going to make you safe have no fear which is the result is expanded government power over the thing they can't control and the more control they take over the thing they can't control the the more in trouble we are over the way our systems are structured first I want to say what you just said is absolutely on target in my opinion I, I, I can't agree with you more and second, I would just like to say personally, as somebody who's known you over the years and has danced with you on the airwaves through so many different eras now, I can't tell you how happy I am to hear hear you say this, that you have <laughs> stepped you've stepped out of that particular that particular syndrome. And and what a favor you're doing for yourself and what a favor you're doing for the listeners and for the culture and for the country. I, I mean, we we need more of that. Because it's true. When you start to politicize everything for your tribe, as you call it, I think it's brilliant, the Yankee suck syndrome, mm. uh, and you start to think of the, the other party as, you know, the Yankees or the Boston Red Sox or, or whomever it is that you've decided to hate for no reason other than they wear the wrong uniform and come from a different city and it's fun to it's fun to hate as much as it is to love when it comes to sports. Well, the blood sport... The um, spectator sport of politics is not harmless. And you really you start rooting against the country. And yes, the, thing, the thing I needed to get free was to not have that feeling that by abandoning my tribe that I was going to, uh, that we were going to succumb to the worst case scenario, which is the other tribe. And now I realize they're both the same thing. They are dancing a, a certain kind of waltz together and telling us how they're actually fighting with each other and trying to beat the other side. But they're dancing together to con us. Yes. Uh, so, so once I realized, and, and it took Connecticut to do this because the Republican Party can't accomplish a thing in Connecticut. And that leaves just one side running everything. So you don't have to worry about when people say, oh, you're going to make us lose. No, you guys already can't win all by yourselves, so you can't blame me. Mm-hmm. 
And if you and if you play nicely, we'll give you the crumbs. Yes. The crumbs and, and, are and, very uh, compelling, even for opposition politicians, which nobody understands. They sell us out for the crumbs. They're fine with that. You pointed that out years ago. Mm -hmm. you, 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 had, you had this thing nailed years ago, and especially in, in Connecticut. And you still haven't changed your basic views about how government should operate and, and about how um, all of this stuff works and how basically there are cons and um, uh, collaboration, otherwise known as conspiracy. And I don't mean conspiracy theories. I just mean one hand washes the other in terms of this notion that they're two completely opposite parties and that um, one will bring you total happiness and the other one will destroy <laughs> you. The other one, whatever yeah. the other one is, are demons, demons. And this, is, this, this syndrome has gone on for years and years. It goes all the way back to the beginning of time. But we happen to be living right now in a, an area where it's particularly pronounced and particularly dangerous. So the, um, it's a very gratifying experience because I have all this new lucidity that flows in uh, because I'm not in that dynamic. And it's fascinating how narrative... Over and, and of course we know this intellectually, but I've I've by going through this experience in real time on display for listeners to see me and feel me and hear me going through this uh, transformation. I, my, you know, my hope is that they can be op opened up to it as well. And and now I I view our our need as. Uh, restoring some kind of small government model as the founders envisioned or going to a no government model. I'm really more of an anarchist now than anything mm. else. Well, my opinion, that's not the answer. Uh, my, my opinion is the answer is that we need to have a referee. We need to have a government. We need to have police. We need to have firemen. We, we need to have um, even social security. I, I and not suddenly panic that we're going to become communists next week because of that. The ideal is small government. The ideal is freedom and liberty. But it's not an ideal world. And frankly, if I may say so, and I, I, I could be accused of being an elitist, I'm not an elitist. But I don't think everybody is able to handle the kind of um, freedom and um uh, small government that you're talking about. But if you look at where we fail structurally as a society, it isn't in the public sector. It's in the private, I'm sorry, it isn't in the private sector. It's in the, it's in the government sector. It's governance. So I'm not saying we shouldn't have governance. I'm saying we shouldn't have government in the way that we envision it because that is mm -hmm. always about people with guns telling us what's going to happen next, even in our so-called free society. And it is a largely free society, so we can point to the things that we do. Like, well, I didn't have to fill out a form and apply for a permit to have you on as a guest today, thankfully. But it's not that far off that we could see that those kinds of things might be required because you hold, uh, say, for instance, uh, views that are considered to be dangerous views. And mm. we benefit greatly from markets and from the things that people do between themselves without any government involvement. All the great stuff happens without the government being involved and all the damage happens, as far as I can tell, when the government is telling us what to do. Mm. See, I, 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 I agree with you, except that maybe I'm a little more extreme in the view. Because I, I don't see a difference between big government and big business. 
I don't see a difference between big government, big media. I don't see a difference between big government and big religion. I think anything that's big, that's composed of human beings, takes on the same basic attributes. They become obsessed with perpetuating the organization for its own sake as opposed mm -hmm. to necessarily revi refining it, revising it, or scuttling it when it no longer works. I agree with that. And, uh, but but the, and, the thing is that business is creating jobs and making things happen and having to deliver a product. You know, if you think over the last... Like, what was a big company 50 years ago? What was the stock you would want to own more than any other stock 50 years ago? And if, if you think of what that is, I, do you, does something pop into your head? General Electric, General Motors, mm -hmm. General. That's, anything with the General. Coca-Cola. You know, um, uh, those things popped into my mind. Yeah, those are great. Um, so those are not the things you would want to own today. It's a whole different era, but government is always government. Government does, never falls to the market. It never falls to the competition because they don't have any competition and they get to keep taking our resources. All they have to do is make up good stories and all get on board with a unified lie and they can rob us blind, which is where we are now. They have sacrificed. So even though I, I basically agree with you, big organizations have the same problems, at least big business has to suffer the consequences of the market, except where it's in bed with government and government is selling their power to the leverage of big business rather than doing what they swear to do. So the problem, again, mm -hmm. turns out to be government. We've got to pause briefly. I'll let you answer that when we continue. Michael Harrison is with us from Talkers Magazine on WTIC. Now back to the Don Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC. News Talk 1080. Yes, sirree. My favorite time is when Michael Harrison is here from Talkers Magazine. So I laid out my perspective. That's very nice point. of you to say that, Todd. I appreciate it. That's a, that's a very nice compliment. Um, you, you really nailed it. Where I would enhance or maybe slightly disagree, um, and for those that are just joining us, Todd was saying that as bad as big business can be, as... as um, ominous and as uh, restrictive and as you know negative as it can be in our lives nothing reaches the potential of negativity as government which controls everything and has limitless arms to back them up you know they they have no problem you know gun control when it comes to government they've got the guns and um, literally and figuratively but that being that being said the private business that we talk about mm -hmm. in this two-party system where we've already established in this conversation we both think both parties are more in cahoots than they are truly competitive they're in competitive for the basic same buck that comes you know from being in in with the government that the government is beholden to the major financial interests in this country and i am not saying i'm against capitalism certainly har you know that's a horrible idea however Unrestrained business control over government, which we call special interests, really in, in invalidates the credibility of, of private business and makes it as dangerous, if not in some ways more so, than the government that they control. So it's a, it's a vicious cycle. And yes, so I is. would add to the whole thing, what we really have to get back to is um, credibility, integrity, 
things that are considered old-fashioned, things that you would never say in front of the board of directors or the stockholders, that um, we didn't make as much money this year as we could have, but look at what we did for our society. Uh, they'd throw you out. And don't you get the feeling as you keep going around the, the sun, you know, and, and we're, we go around the block more and more, and everybody listening to this broadcast is getting older. We are all more experienced than we were yesterday. Don't you find that the level of scams and the level of disingenuous behavior on the part of institutions that we once were, we were raised to trust is becoming almost intolerable? Oh, yeah. You know, it used to be that, well, well, Ed Sullivan, as I said last week, Ed Sullivan told Elvis he wasn't going to be able to show him below the waist anymore. And mm -hmm. that was that was when that was when people in power and, and adults were protecting cultural integrity. And now there is nothing that would stop any broadcaster, I don't think or any record company or what have you from putting out the thing that is going to sell the, the most units. Bingo. Making a buck becomes God. Making a buck becomes its own virtue. If it makes a buck, then how bad could it be? And, and I have this conversation often with people in the media. I go, why don't you just become a hooker? Why don't you sell drugs on the air? Look at all the money that you could be making in, in, in crime. You know, why, why Do they hide ask it? you for more details? <laughs> we're talking yes. to Michael Harrison, and we're out of time, Michael. I glanced at the clock, and I'm shocked me? that the hour is over. Can you believe oh, it? My. Hey, this was so fun. Much, it was sir, great talking to you. Here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Michael Harrison, Talkers Magazine. Look at Talkers.com. It's fun to see what's going on in the industry, and... That's what Michael spends his life doing, so you can get more familiar with him. All right, Michael, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, sir. 860-522-9842. We're going to get ourselves a traffic update in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. And Mark Christopher is here on Mondays, too. Hi, Mark. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 